so bestie. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. I feel like that's always what we say. But this this time it's like really legitimately been a hot minute. Yeah. We said we were going to do stuff and we didn't. Listen, I told you. I was like, I'm free this day. And you were like, nope. You had one day that you were free. Literally one day that I was free. And I was not available. That's the reality of two podcasters, one of whom is a full-time graduate student and the other one is a full-time employee with with a, a husband in a house. Yeah, it's it's true. And um, we're sorry. We are going to do those things that we said that we would do. But you know what? Like, the first weekend, I was feeling a little guilty. And then, like, as time passed, I was like, you know what? We deserve this. <laughs> Anyways, I I have my fun fact. Yeah. I, too, like the unsub in this episode, have a ridiculously strong sense of smell. Like, my husband walked into our living room the other day, and I was like, did you forget to brush your teeth? And he was like, oh, my God, you could smell? And I'm like, yes, I, I can smell it. You walked in, you breathed far away from me, and I could smell your breath. So, like, I, too, long for the essence of a woman. <laughs> It's it's a curse. I thought I would lose my great sense of smell during COVID. I lost it for like one day and then I was back at it again. It's terrible. I'm the opposite. I don't think I have a super strong sense of smell. Girl, have it. Take it. But I do have really good hearing. And sometimes that's a blessing and a curse. I can hear lights. You can you can hear lights? Yeah, like sometimes I can hear lights when they're on in like rooms, especially if it's like fluorescent lights. And it drives me crazy. Wow, you're really you're really out here just being Edward Cullen though, aren't you? <laughs> Always gotta bring it back to that. I gotta go back to our roots. <laughs> Before we get into this episode, we uh, we've got Do you wanna ask me what my fun fact is? I thought your fun fact was your super sensitized hearing, but if you have another one. Oh, I was just going to say, like, as of an hour and a half ago, I'm officially done with my first semester of grad school. Yay! Next week, I have a, like, thesis workshop where I'm going to start building the groundwork for my thesis. I'll be working on for the next year or so. Yeah, I am so excited for you and also so scared for you. Why are you scared for me? It just sounds like a lot of work. Oh, it's going to be a lot of work, yeah. But I'm excited. Hold on, I'm opening my window. Oh, it's so pretty. The sun's setting. It's so pretty. Well, you know what also is so pretty? This is on Subs, the Criminal Minds podcast. Ever heard of her? <laughs> Ever heard of us? Oh, shit. I forgot. I'm the one doing this recap. You are doing this recap. Um, and we have to try to be quick about the stuff tonight. But I, I just really have to share this, um, this thing that someone sent us on Tumblr. Because it's really changed my life. Oh, okay. Okay. 
So we got a message on Tumblr. We don't get many of those from Simply Greeny, who said, quote, my friend just told me about this video of Shamar Moore from an Instagram live. And he says, quote, for all my baby girls, I'm lurking and I'm stalking. That <laughs> <laughs> sent the link. Uh, and Simply Greeny wrote, I cannot stop saying I'm lurking and I'm stalking. Please make this a sound effect on the podcast. I'm begging you. This one's for all my baby girls. I see your comments, ladies, and they make me smile. I'm lurking and I'm stalking when you least expect it. But lately, I've just been taking care of my business and getting my grind on. But I promise you, I'll be back to play and get my flirt on. I'm lurking. I'm stalking. So there you have it. it. It's now officially a sound effect. So anytime someone's lurking and stalking, best be believing, baby girl, that you're going to hear that. This one's for all my baby girls. I see your comments, ladies, and they make me smile. I'm lurking and I'm stalking when you least expect it. We also rate each episode of Criminal Minds. We have five different categories. Each category can get a total of 20 points. The first category is criminal slash serial killer. Then we have character development slash character arcs of the main cast. Then we have forensics slash context, script writing, and background characters. And we are in no way, shape, or form associated with Criminal Minds or anything therein. We're just friends. Please don't sue us. We're just friends. We're just fans. I'm so tired. How dare you? Well, are we ready to jump in? I think we should jump in. I'm excited for the next episode that we cover because that one really had me feeling my walnuts. Oh my god, bring it back. I said that out of context, like at school. I don't even remember what I like what it was about, but I was like, yeah, like really feeling their walnuts and my friends and classmates were like what the fuck (laughs) it's just like an inside joke with my colleague like (laughs) (laughs) all right so this is season six episode 14 sense memory all right so we open in law law oh my god shout out joey shout out to law la so we open in law. We get some funky music playing with like some exterior shots of a downtown area. Our camera follows a yellow taxi cab as it drives through the downtown. And we hear a man talking about the disgusting state you live in. And it's the taxi driver talking. He refused to notice the disgusting state of the world in which you live. You close yourself off rather than facing the reality that you are all just animals pretending to be something more. There's a young woman who knocks on the window of the car and asks if he's on duty because she wants a ride. She's like putting on a whole show about how like she wants a ride. And at first he says no. But then he gets a flashback. 
of like flowers and a clothesline and it looks like a deodorant commercial like kind of footage shit i almost like spilled my drink everywhere (laughs) that's so fucking funny i'm sorry the whole time i was like this actor looks so familiar I did look it up afterwards. He played Piscatella from Orange is the New Black. And so he's like, you know, he has a change of heart. He has a change of heart. People can change. And he tells her to get in. And she's all, oh my gosh, it must be my lucky night. Are you on duty? I'm not. It's freezing out here. I said no. Please. I said I'm not on. Ten years in LA, and I still forget that the temperature drops 20 degrees at night. I usually don't even take a taxi. It's just the metro. Get in. What? It's okay. Get in. Speaking of sense memory and deodorant, here's like another like bad inside joke. My cat Mason, like his neck smells so good. What? We call it fresh young cat neck. <laughs> like like oh the new limited edition scent from Glade. Fresh young cat neck. My roommate has a cat named I'll I'll expose her name. I'm going to dox her. Her name is Sigin. We call her Sig. The other night, my my boyfriend was in town this weekend visiting, and I had a dress rehearsal Sunday night for a show I was in, and I felt kind of bad because I had to leave him alone in our house for, like, four hours, and I felt bad because, like, that wasn't originally on the schedule, and I was just like, oh, that sucks. He's, He's a grown adult. He can, like, entertain himself. And I was expecting to get, like, messages from him throughout the night of just, like, where is this in the house? Or just, you know, be- him being bored. He did clean and organize my entire fridge when he when I was at rehearsal. Oh, my God. That was really nice. But the only correspondence I got from him the entire evening I was at rehearsal was a message that said, I like that Sig has no neck. So he has no fresh young cat neck. She is no. She's just the no, no neck she, wonder. Yeah, she's just the like the no neck wonder. Listen, there there is nothing like fresh young cat neck, and obviously he <laughs> he smells so good because he like lays. I I use like dryer sheets and scent scented stuff, and he he lays in our laundry and like lays or like I'll put on lotion like and go to bed and he'll like lay, so he'll smell like my lotion but but the same friend that coined law my friend Joey I was like we were hanging out with them we were doing the double date thing and I just brought up fresh young cat neck like it was like a known thing and I was like you know how your cat gets that fresh young cat neck and bestie didn't go over well (laughs) they just looked at me like what the fuck are you saying yeah because that's how you would respond to someone being like you know that fresh young cat neck (laughs) what the fuck wow okay so we're a paragraph in we gotta bring it back to the content that the people are actually here for And now we see Prentice walking home in her apartment. She looks so good. Also, so does her apartment. I want to know how much her rent is. 
There's like a beeping noise when she gets in and it looks to be a security system that she then turns off. She then walks into a bedroom and opens a safe. Personally, when I get home, usually like the first thing I do is like take my shoes off and like put my stuff down. Maybe like have some water or something. She's like, no, gotta go to the safe. Inside the safe is a big like envelope and she opens it and we see like the passports and paperwork with like redacted information on it. And then her cat Sergio scares her by jumping on her lap. Sergio's great. Sergio is like the unsung hero of this episode. Do you think that Sergio? Do you think that Sergio has fresh young? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I why did it take me too long to realize where you were going with that? And as she's petting her cat, she feels that he's wet and she's like, "Oh no, how did he get outside in the rain?" So she grabs a gun from her desk and um, pretends to continue talking to the cat. If there was someone in the house, like, they wouldn't realize that she was, like, on to something. Sure did miss you, Sergio. You're just the handsomest kitten I've ever seen. I sure miss you when I'm gone. So you got out, buddy? And she sees that one of the windows in the bedroom was opened. So she calls someone and it's a friend who was watching her cat when she was gone. And she's like, hey, did you like happen to leave the window open? It seems that that is the case that her friend did leave the window open. And then she gets a call from an unknown number. She doesn't answer, and she lets it go to the answering machine. You know, those older voicemail answering machines were such a good feature in television movies where you can, like, real-time hear them leaving the message. It doesn't hit the same way now. It doesn't have that same level of theatricality with just, like, iPhone voicemails. Very true, yeah. Anyways, that's my little soapbox moment about modern television. Then she puts some weights onto the windows so that someone is not able to open them from the outside because it was also the fire escape window. So, like, someone presumably could get up there. And then she also puts, like, a booby trap in front of the front door with, like, furniture and, like, a glass vase so that if someone tries to open it, it would fall. My girl is so paranoid. She also just sits ready with a gun in her hand facing the front door at the edge of the hallway. So she's ready for someone to break in. So presumably the next morning, the team is assembled at the round table room. Okay, three women, all abducted from different parts of the city and murdered within the last couple of weeks. Shelly Anto, 23-year-old bank teller, 15 days ago. Vicki Haggard, 39-year-old art teacher, six days ago. And Linda Dean, a 28-year-old hostess at a bar two days ago. All from different parts of the city, all different socioeconomic statuses. All three were held approximately 24 hours before being dumped in a public space. He's not hiding what he's doing. And here's one weird part. They all look like floaters. Mm-hmm. All three women were drowned. Wait, their bodies weren't found anywhere near water? No, they were. They were drowned somewhere else and transported to the dump site. 
Garcia, you're right. This is weird. Oh, but there's more. They weren't drowned in water. Methanol. Each woman had it in her lungs and was alive before she went into it. No water, just methanol. And each woman also had a square of flesh removed from the bottom of one foot. Not my favorite. Cut, and we see the unsub doing a science project of sorts. And I was like, it looks like he's making perfume. Like, that was my first guess. I do have to say, I love a man in science. I love a man in STEM. So they wonder if, like, this skin patch that's being taken is a trophy of sorts. And it also seems as if this unsub is very familiar with the city, given the geographic diversity and, like, range within these different abductions. Now we get another monologue montage as the unsub taxi driver is out on a little drive. These monologues are a riot, so Max should put the audio in from this moment. I definitely will. I, I think they're really well written. It's all the same. I float around the city, bombarded by the smells of guinea pigs like you, who've been swayed to toxify themselves for corporate whoremongers. Desensitizing your bodies to the odor, the filth, the wretching stench of chemical consumption. So then in Law, we meet Detective Bailey. <gasps> we meet Bailey, and he explains that they have basically nothing. Now we see the unsub pick up another passenger. He has a meltdown over how she smells. I actually love this scene, and I love this character. She's so obnoxious, and she's like, I'm going to report you. <laughs> she has such a short amount of screen time but makes such an impression. Uh, did you not hear me? 91037 Wilshire? Get out of my cab now. Excuse me? Out. I'm gonna report this. <laughs> the driver's going crazy. Okay. Out. Out. Cab. Get out. Okay. Get out. Get out. Okay. Out. Okay. Out. Get out of my cab. Okay. Get out. Okay, calm down. At the morgue, the mortician talks about how these victims were drowned but there's no water in their system. So they must have soaked the methanol for like a substantial amount of time, which is pretty grisly when you think about it. Additionally, all three of the women also had chloroform in their systems. However, none of them showed signs of chloroform on their bodies. So it must have been either inhaled or like aerosolized. And then we get a really intense cleaning montage of the taxi cab that our unsub is driving. You know, love a man who cleans. A man in STEM, a man who cleans. Wow, he could provide if he was in STEM. He's like that he's like that um live laugh taxidermy unsub. Oh my god, the small business king. So one of the victims we learned clocked out um, of work past 1 a.m. Therefore, she could not have taken the train home that night because they already would have been closed because they close at 1 a.m. So it's likely that she took a vehicle of sorts that travels all over the city on notice. So, you know, a taxi. Linda Dean's family said she always took the red line home from work at night, but the subway in L.A. stops running at 1 a.m. She clocked out of work at 5 past 1. L.A. at 1 a.m.? She probably didn't walk home. No, and Kingsley's a mile away. 
All the victims have breathed in aerosolized chloroform, and to do that, he needs an enclosed space. You know, chloroform's a lot more controlled than methanol. All Garcia tracked any large quantity purchases or thefts from chemical supply houses. So we're looking for a vehicle, one that could be in any area of Los Angeles at 1 o'clock in the morning and not attract attention. Well, I hate to say it, but that could be a police car. Or a taxi. Now we see a young blonde lady get into the taxi. She's being friendly and chatty, and he's being a huge buzzkill. The sense memory stuff starts again once he gets a whiff of her. And then he turns on the air of the car, and this is after he like puts up the partition between the front and back seat. And basically chloroforms just start seeping onto the back seat. He is okay. She is unwell. I'm a little bit confused about the mechanics because he like locks her in the back of it. He closes the partition, which is just glass. And then he's already rigged the system to like just disperse chloroform vapor into the air, which knocks her out. And like you said, he's fine. But like, wouldn't that get into his portion of the cab? Like, I know we're suspending our disbelief at this point, but like, I was a little like, what? Then we cut to Garcia, and she answers a phone call from Morgan and uh, is told to look into different car services in the area. Next, he wants her to narrow that list down to cars that picked up passengers near Vaughn's Bar and Grill in the last 72 hours. We learn that there are seven car companies, and they run out of a cab stand on like New York City, so that should be easier. I don't know what a cab stand is, but I guess it's just like a specific area yeah i feel like it's a, it's a central point so like in new york city there are just taxi cabs everywhere but in la they all come from a specific point so like it's much easier to track them because they're clocking in at the same place we see the unsub roll out the girl from the cab and she's like on a gurney and fully passed out and everything and he sniffs her, and it's like a really elaborate setup science experiment he is going on. Yeah, yeah. He's a regular Albert Einstein. <laughs> Next, Garcia reports that no one picked up anyone in that area at that time. So that's fishy. And then we also learn that Reed does not know who Lady Gaga is. I mean, I could have told you that. What do you got? Okay, I checked all seven cab companies that service the Hollywood and Vermont area, and none of the drivers report picking anyone up between 11 and 2 the night Linda went missing. I didn't know that for sure. Yeah, they seemed really certain. Well, one of the drivers may have picked someone up off the meter. The cabs have GPS? Yeah. Taxis are tracked more than Gaga's Twitter. What does that mean? I'll explain it to him, Garcia. Yeah, teach him to worship the other Lady G boss, Ta and Ta. And then Reed says that he used methanol in school and it would be on like two inches by two inches samples. This unsub might be a scientist and is using the skin removed from the feet as a sample. Also, why is it from their feet? I don't know. I feel like the skin on your feet is thicker. And, it, and if he's trying to, like, see, like, pheromones or smells, I feel like there might be another part of the skin that would be better for that. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it does look, like, creepy. You see it and you're like, oh, man. 
foot fetish, but like it, it's kind of like a false flag because it ends up not being that. I just don't. I could be. I I'm an arts humanities gal. I'm not a science person, but I just don't know how like porous the feet are. I don't think that science people listen to our podcast. <laughs> And if you do, I'm really sorry about that fresh young cat neck. <laughs> um, oh, gosh. Oh, no. But if you do and you want to tell us about it, tell us yeah, about it, I guess. Let us know. Now we see the unsub doing science as his victim abductee watches in horror and she sees the most recent abductee get raised out of a vat of methanol and it's horrible honestly and the unsub comes up to her like face and goes you're gonna live forever (laughs) but now it's time for a profile this unsub is a male caucasian he is driving a gypsy cab Um, meaning that he is not, like, working for an official cab company, but he has a car that, like, looks like a cab, but it's not, like, officially registered. So he's just kind of, like, fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants kind of a guy. He uses this vehicle to abduct women. His victims have been between the ages of 20 to 40, and he's probably in that same age bracket. He uses methanol and chloroform, so he is probably very intelligent. He will not have injected himself into the investigation or be following it at all. He may not be concerned with leaving evidence behind at the scene, which is kind of the opposite of what we see with a lot of unsubs on this show, which is kind of cool that they pointed that out. Because of what he is doing to the victims, um, he is washing away any and all forensic evidence, which is why it's so hard to find him. And because he's antisocial, people who will know him will not be surprised when he's apprehended. (laughs) That made me laugh really hard. They want to go to public with all this information, especially because he has an unregistered taxi. And they think that someone has likely had a confrontation with him. And that they will come forward with the information. So the team gets called in because another body has been found. However, this body has not yet been identified. And so then Reed tells Garcia to look into anyone who has made large purchases of like methanol and like science chemistry lab equipment. So they get a call from a lady who was the lady who was forced out of the car by the unsub. Brittany's back, bitch. (laughs) Yeah, she tells him very indignantly about how he made her a paying customer get out of the car. I don't know if he's a guy, but he was out of control. His cab was unregistered and he actually made me a paying customer get out. Okay, was that all that happened? I was on the phone when I first got in the cab. Uh, Yeah, he was listening to something. What do you mean? Some dumb recording of himself talking. What was he saying on the recording? I don't know. Uh, I tried to get his cab number down, but I was really flustered. I only got the last two digits. Okay, ma'am, these two officers will take down all your information. They're probably going to ask you to look at some photos. How long is that going to take? I'm not really sure, ma'am, but you may actually help save someone's life. Okay. And she tells him about how he was listening to his own little voice on his own little podcast. 
And they say that if he's listening to his own recordings, he probably is delusional on top of being antisocial. For me, when she gave them this information, I was like, wow, they are like 100% taking her word as gospel. They're like, no, it's him. Okay, he's got his own podcast. Got it. They get another call about a girl who's gone missing. They find out that she was on her way back to or from a job interview and her roommate claimed she never made it home. So Morgan and Prentice find a cab driver and they're like, we need to sit in your cab and take a look. He's like, "Uh, okay, I guess. Mind if we take a look inside your cab for a minute? It doesn't have anything to do with you, sir. We just want to have a conversation. Uh Okay, sure. Thank you. Prentice, hop in the back. Okay. So why a cab? He could control a woman better if he had a van or something. Yeah, but a woman probably wouldn't get into a van voluntarily. A cab enables him to blend in when he's on the hunt. Well, he doesn't choose his victims until they get inside. Right. So what is it about these passengers? I love that they were like, let's let's do a little improv exercise. You get in the front, I get in the back. And they realize that it must not be something that's particularly visual or physical that like makes the cab driver choose his victims because they aren't able to really look at each other or get physical with one another because of the partition. Now we're back with the unsub and it looks like he is um, making candles. Scented Candle King. Own little business. He's uh, contributing to the ambiance. Oh my goodness. He's the new Bath and Body Works. Yeah, move over, body shop. We have unsub. Come on, white barn, get out of the way. Uh, do you think he would make a fresh young cat neck scented candle for <laughs> <laughs> He's specifically making these candles so that it smells like the pheromones of the women he's abducting. So that he can constantly live that deodorant commercial life. Yeah, so he's like, he's soaking the methanol, he's soaking them in methanol and then like, I don't even, to be honest, I don't know how it works, but he turns them into candles. Like, pheromones in my candles? It's more More likely likely than you think. (laughs) The natural essence of a woman is innocent and intoxicating. It must be preserved by any means necessary. The mixtures from subjects one through four were flawed, but subject five is more fearful. Her pheromones will yield better results. Please just let me go. I'm not number five. My name is Lisa. Please let me go. Let you go? (laughs) I perfected the process. Everything is ready. And we see the skin he's been taking from, like, all of the women, like, on the wall, labeled. And so it's like, you can have the Cindy candle or the Emily candle. And she begs him to let her go. And he's like, I've perfected the process. Don't worry, number five. I've perfected the process. (laughs) Back at law headquarters, Reed has been researching methanol. He realizes that methanol can be used to create scents and perfumes. This, coupled with the improv Prentice and Morgan did in the taxi cab, makes the BAU realize that the unsub must be attracted to his victim's sense. 
Once the victims all wore excessive amounts of perfume, it would take a hell of a nose to detect smell through a taxi window. Not necessarily. People with the olfactory disorder hyperosmia have an oversensitivity to smell. They typically pick up scents that other people can't. I don't think you'd be going after the perfume. It's already artificial. So they probably weren't wearing anything on their skin. Something about their natural scent compels them. Smell's a powerful trigger for memory. You might be trying to bring back the memory of something you lost. Excuse me. You have something? Yeah, this is wonderful and totally uncommon. I have exactly one address at which every piece of equipment you listed was delivered to. Garcia calls and claims that she found exactly one address who has ordered all of these big chemistry equipment shit. Oh, that's, that really worked out well, didn't it? Unsub is in the midst of submerging the new gal in the tank. The BAU rolls up and starts chasing him. We have, like, the longest car chase I've ever seen on Criminal Minds. Yeah, it's really long, guys. Yeah, I was like, are we making up for, like, the amount of time the episode needs to be? Is this triplets of Belleville with this bitch? Prentice and Reed get the lady out of the tub while the rest of the team continues to chase him in the cab. And like I said, this is the most involved car chase I've ever seen in Criminal Minds. They are zooming all over the place. But eventually, he ends up crashing a really horribly intense crash. And they find his little podcast playing when they investigate the car. There's like a truck and the car just goes under the truck, like implying that he was like decapitated or maimed because we don't, thankfully we don't see it. The car is stuck underneath another vehicle. It's grisly. Now we see Prentice get back home and we get a Nabokov quote. As in Vladimir? <laughs> yeah, as in Lolita. Um... And we see that there is a wrapped present left outside. And she walks into her apartment, she turns off her security alarm and arms herself again. And she gets a phone call from Reed. Reed? Emily, you are not going to believe this. No? They're showing Solaris tonight, the original, in the theaters. You want to go? Did Morgan put you up to this? What? Did Morgan tell you to call me? Oh, Morgan have no idea what Solaris is. So, uh... You just called me out of the blue. Well, I mean, the original one's in Russian, so really you and I are the only ones that can really enjoy it. Isn't Solaris like four hours long? It's five, the best sci-fi meditation film of all time, but for some reason they never really show it in the theaters. You wanna go with me? Sorry, handsome. I'm gonna have to pass. We're just gonna hang out with Sergio tonight. Oh, shoot, I didn't realize that. Relax, Reed. Sergio is my new cat. But, um, thank you. For what? For being you. Aw, oh, thanks. I don't know how to be anyone else. And she, like, turns him down and is like, you know, thank you for being you. And he's like, That's, I'm the only person I can be. And again, she immediately checks the safe and removes the envelopes and also opens up the present that was left for her. And on the inside is a singular purple flower. She smells it and it brings back her own sense memory. We're seeing a flashback with a, with Prentice picking the same kind of flower with, that was in the present she just opened. She's in France living with Ian Doyle, who is someone we've been hearing about for a few episodes. It looks like they may have been romantically involved. 
A car pulls up and Prentice is taken into custody. As she's being taken into custody, she requests to speak to Sean. Sean being the man who a few episodes ago told Prentice that Doyle escaped from prison. Doyle watches Prentice get arrested, then makes a phone call. They got her. Drop the phone. Get on the ground now. Based on their shoes and shades, I'd say CIA. Could be MI5, ICC, Interpol. Hey, I'm not going to tell you again. On the ground, now. Hold on. Kill me or arrest me, but I will not lay on the ground like a dog. She's undercover for the CIA, so that's why she says bring me to Sean, because they're getting out of there so that they can arrest Ian Doyle. So we see her take the flower, put it in the trash, and then she takes her cat and gets the fuck out of her apartment. I think it's kind of canon that Garcia ends up with Sergio because she's got a cat named Sergio in Criminal Minds Evolution. Oh, she noticed right. that? Yeah. So, I mean, I th- I do think that that's the case, but I'm sure someone will hop on here and set me the fuck straight. I wanted to do something about, like, human body fat and, like, we all are famously thinking of Fight Club where they're using the body fat and they're stealing it and they're using it to make soap. I looked at a bunch of different articles, so I'm just going to kind of piece it together. And you should go to our website because we always post all the links and the articles in the deep dive section of our website. So you can follow along if you want more specific articles, because I just wanted to kind of make my own thing. So in traditional medicine in Europe, human fat was believed to have a healing magical significance until the 19th century. Many executioners recovered the fat from the bodies of the condemned. In German, it was called grease from the poor sinners put to death. And for some executioners, the marketing of human fat was a major source of revenue. And human fat was also used to make ointments and treatments for various diseases. There's a paper that was written called Melting Moments, the Greasy Sources of Modern Perceptions of Fat by Professor Christopher E. Forth, who talks about fat and talks about how the superstition of body fat being used and taken from people stemmed from the fact that people were afraid of witches and they thought witches were stealing the body fat of the innocent to like stay youthful forever. In Peru, in 2009, there was a group that was arrested. Supposedly, they were killing villagers and rendering their fat, and they were going to sell it, this, like, (laughs) scheme to transport this fat to turn it into expensive cosmetics. The fat they harvested was apparently to be shipped to Italy, where it would end up being used in expensive skin-softening beauty creams. And the chief policeman of that area added that there was evidence that the gang was part of um, several operating out of this country as part of a, quote, international criminal network trafficking human fat. But medical experts expressed skepticism at this claim, saying that human fat would probably be only be worth $15,000. And then furthermore, 
the group that did this just rendered the fat and like got rid of the bodies. And when we're thinking about like kidneys, livers, lungs, that's worth a lot more than $15,000 on the black market. Plastic surgeons all over have vast supplies of human fat, like body fat that they get from people who get like liposuction. And they have it just like, so what it's like, why would you get it from Peru if you could just have it? Of course, we have to talk about Nazis and World War One and Two. In the Nuremberg trials, there were specifically samples of soap that were presented, thought to be from people who were murdered by Nazis in concentration camps. So they found 10 kilograms of soap that was like definitely from humans, but like it wasn't done on a wide scale the way that it's been like rumored to. There's no clear way to conceptualize like how how often this was done. Anyways, uh, should we rate this episode? Yeah, let's rate this episode. What do you think about the criminal slash serial killer? I, I'm conflicted because I think it's very cool that he's, you know, a crafty guy, but we don't know anything about what he's trying to accomplish here or like why he's doing what he's doing. Mm, that's a good point. I mean, we do get the flashbacks, but we don't really know like, I mean, what they mean. Yeah, it's almost like we need Tim Curry's mother and Leonard Cohen to like kind of inform the trauma. Yeah, because it's like, is it like a, a former lover that they smell like or like a mom? I mean, it's got to be mommy, right? Like, there's no way. Like, I feel like it has to be mommy issues. It's always mommy. But I don't have Leonard Cohen and I don't have like sepia tinged flashbacks. So I, you know, <laughs> I struggle to know. Should we give it like a 10? I think we could give it a little more. He is a podcaster. Shout out to fellow podcasters. I actually really enjoy this episode. You know, I I think it's it's a romp. I love his little monologues. I think the actor does a really good job at being creepy. He's not the most nuanced person in the world, but like I I genuinely really liked him. I mean, I would be comfortable in the 12 to 15 range. Let's give him a f- 13. Okay. Character development, character arc. So we get a lot going on with Prentice. We do. Um, I think it's really intriguing and interesting. And I love that we get to see her apartment. I love that we get to meet Sergio the cat. 18. Yeah, maybe we'll give it an 18. Forensics and context. I think it's a little bogus that Garcia found, like, there was one person who had all of the quality. Like, I'm like, what? Like, just in time. Garcia did all the work there for you guys. It's a little thrown together, I guess. I don't know. It's a little bit of a stretch. The fact that they're just, like, taking that woman's word as gospel, like, thank goodness she's right, you know? Like, that's crazy. It's still fun, though. Oh, I don't know. Ten? Yeah. Script writing. Um, I think we gotta give this one, just for the, the monologues alone, I think we gotta give it some higher scores. Do you want to give it 18, 17? 
Let's do 18. All right. And then background characters. That lady was killing it. I don't know. What do you think? Do you want to give it an 18? Let's give it an 18. All right. That gives us a grand total of 77. Well, listen, if you love what we do, we do have a Patreon. $5 a month gets you ad-free episodes and blog posts. $2 a month gets you ad-free episodes. We have Kofi for a one-time donation. If you don't want to do that and you still want to help, we have merch. Honestly, just giving us a five-star review on your streaming platform of choice, like that makes our day. Like I'm always checking to see the reviews. Follow us everywhere, Unsubs Podcast. You can follow me, yournewapartment.tumblr.com. And you can follow me on my Instagram, which is not super active, but will be again this summer. Um, little known facts. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you missed us. And those things that we promised will happen, but just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. Just stay tuned. Peace. Bye.